Everybody in Genesis 22? So uh, next month, we'll have a different pastor. I'm not 100% sure yet who's going to be, who's in line to teach Wednesdays uh, next month. But we're still going to be in Genesis for tonight. This is my last Wednesday, so I wanted to do something a little bit different. We're going to read through uh, the scripture in a second. Uh, but I want us to think about what these chapters, these last few chapters, have taught us and what they've been about for you and I. So when, when I'm done, um, when we're done reading through this, we're going to get into some small groups. Um, you can do, you know, three, four people to a group. Um, let's not do too big of a group, maybe no more than four. Because uh, some of us, um, you know, we like to share. And sometimes we don't let others share because we run out of time. <laughs> I'm kidding. We we love we love no I'm not let let's let's uh, we love to express what God is doing in our hearts, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we just don't have enough time. I know. So I'm not going to take too much longer, and I'm not going to uh, go too deep today and break down a lot of stuff. We're just going to enjoy this passage. Um, if you've been reading ahead, this is the passage where God asks a big, big task of Abraham, okay? Um, it's a big request. And so I started thinking about the previous chapters and where I started with you in, in these last few weeks, and I was thinking about the great request that maybe God puts on our lives. Have you ever felt God ask you for something? Anybody? Okay. An amen is fine. Raising your hand is good too. Um, have you ever felt yourself being challenged by God's word? As I was thinking about these passages... These passages are pretty extreme. And I thought to my, I have three boys, and I thought to myself, what, what if God asked me for one, right? What if God, if it was just one, I would think that's too much. What are you talking about? You want me to sacrifice my son? Okay. Now, the Bible doesn't get into a lot of details of how, you know, it doesn't tell us how he must have felt. But I don't think, listen, I don't think, I don't think we have to be a father in the room to know that if we're about to lose a loved one, it's painful. Whether you're a dad or a mom, a sister, a brother, a son, a daughter. And here God comes to Abraham and he would speak verbally in these days. I believe it. And it says that God called Abraham by his name. He says, Abraham. And I wondered, like, how was that call? Was it, like, soft and soothing? <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> was it the voice, you know, that you welcome in the early, early hours of the morning that you wake up and you're like, ah, yes. Yes, Lord. Or was it, like, my dad's voice when he would call me, you know, Jose. Was it Abraham. And you know something's up. And you're like, oh, shoot. And you start thinking of the 10 things that he asked you to do before the end of the day. And you didn't do any one of them, right? And you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't do any of my chores. I didn't do this. I didn't do that, right? This fear comes into you. 
What kind of sound was God's voice coming to Abraham? But it mostly made me think of these things. Okay, number one, thinking back on these chapters and looking at this chapter, chapter 22, it made me think that God does mighty and great things to fulfill his promises. In, any, in, in all of these stories, we never see God just kind of snap his fingers and something happens when he's talking about the fulfilling of his promises. Are you, are you tracking with me? You, everybody listening? Yeah? God will do great things to fulfill his promises. Let's look at it just in our minds. Don't turn the pages. But when we think about the different stories we've learned about in these past three to four weeks, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? God sends Lot on this journey into this town to at least find one so that he would not destroy the city. In the end, there's all this that happens, right? The angels come. They escort him out. Come on, we got to go. This place is about to catch fire. Literally, it was completely disintegrated. And it got so hot. Remember we, the way the scripture described it? It got so hot. You know how when you have a fire or when you're driving, you know, down the highway in the middle of the summer and you see the waves of heat on the road in the distance? It says that when he looked over the city or what was left of the city, it wasn't literally smoke. It was the, the waves of heat because the fire that came down was so hot to destroy that city. Isn't that crazy? And then from there... When he comes to announce that Sarah's going to be pregnant, right? And we saw all kinds of stuff happening. Disobedience, lack of faith in different characters in these stories, right? Impatience. And we learn that it's always better to wait on God. It's always better to obey God's word. It's always better to do it God's way, right? But yet, even when we doubt, even when we lack faith, even when we disobey, even when we try it our way first, God always extended his mercy. God always extended his grace. God always provided a way to fulfill his promises, right? But it was never something... Like super easy, super like, hey, yeah, whatever. Sure, you want me to go sacrifice my son? No problem. It wasn't like that. It was these journeys, tasks, big responsibilities that would come upon an individual, right? So one of my questions tonight, and I'll pose the questions, and then we're just going to read through it, and then we'll get into some small groups, is how will you and I, Respond to God when he asks us to take a step of faith. Will we act in faith when he calls on us? That's number two. Will we act in faith when he calls upon you and me? 
And then this is going to be for the small groups, the last one. The discussion is what are some areas where we need to build our faith? Okay, this is going to be the small group question. What are some areas where we need to build our faith? Where do I need to build, build my faith? All right. Do I need to have more faith and trust God more with my finances? Do I need to trust the Lord more with my family members that I've been praying for or that I've been having trouble with? Do I need to trust the Lord and have more faith in my marriage or for my marriage and trust that God is going to do a miracle? I don't know, you know, there's so many of us tonight from different walks, from different places, going through different things in life, right? And maybe God is asking you, maybe he's asking me. And trust me, God has been speaking to my heart in these past few weeks as I've been preparing. And he's been asking me, Joe, are you going to step out in faith when I ask you to? Maybe it's for our job, our career. I don't know. I don't know. You can even add more to that, right? We can all add more to that. What is God calling me? Where in my life is God calling me to grow my faith? So that's what we're going to talk about when we break up into small groups. But for now, um, let's read through this passage a little. Is that okay? Are you with me? Yeah? All right. So Genesis 22, and it says like this, NIV. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. And he replied, here I am. Maybe that's just the lesson we need to hear tonight. Maybe that's all we need to hear tonight. Is to be willing to say, I'm right here, Lord. The next time he calls your name, Jesse. <laughs> you know? Nando, Ma, uh, oh my good, Mariano, the next time he calls our name, bro, I'm right here, Lord. Because when you, when you tell the Lord, I'm right here, you know what you're saying? Let's do this. Let's go for it. Putting all fear aside. Because it's scary. It's scary to trust the Lord, right? Fear, fear comes in. And if we're not careful, fear will take over, right? I'm right here, Lord. It's not just an answer. God knows you're there. <laughs> God knows where you're at. It's not an answer of, you know, where you're at at the moment. I'm over here in my bedroom. I'm in the garage. No, it's not that kind of a response. Abraham was saying, say it and let's do it. Take your son, your only son. We're going to see a lot of connection, okay, to even um, pointing towards our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and what we know of who he was and who he is and continues to be, right? Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Man. Isaac, 
and go to the region, go to the region of Moriah. And he doesn't hold back what he's asking him for. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't mask it. He doesn't make a mystery of it. He doesn't put it in a crossword puzzle. He doesn't do anything but tell him straight up. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. He just laid it all out. Here's where I want you to go. Here's where I, who I want you to take. And here's what I want you to do. Stephen, next time you hear your dad calling you, <laughs> so early the next morning, Abraham got up and he loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. He cut the wood. He cut the wood, guys. He prepared. He was ready to sacrifice his son. At least that's what it's telling me. Maybe in his heart he wasn't, but his actions were showing something different. Right? When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. I wonder if he took a big, like, gasp. He said, all right, here we go. There's no turning back now. I can't run from this one. And he saw the place God had told him about. He said to his servants, stay here. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. Man, I wish I knew really what he was really thinking and feeling right there. That's crazy. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship. Okay, now here, here is a pretty awesome little thing that if you read through this too fast, we'll miss it. But look at what he said. What did he say? What did he say? We're going to go do what? We're going to worship, first of all. And then he said what? Who? I'll be back. Did he say I'll be back? He said we will be back. So I had to like, ask myself, when does Abraham start really demonstrating his faith? When he answered God, here I am, not knowing what God was going to, he didn't know what God was going to ask him yet. Did he really start demonstrating his faith when he packed up, got the wood ready to roast his son up, you know, and offer him up as a sacrifice? Or was it when he said, we'll be back? And did he say it with like, no doubt whatsoever, hey, we'll be back. You know, all cocky and you're right. We'll be back. <laughs> we're going to go up there. We're going to worship. We'll be back. It's all good. You know, see you on the flip side, guys. We'll be right back. Or was he like shaking, nervous, hesitant? I don't know. It just says that he told his servants, 
will be back. That's some faith right there. Trusting that the same God, okay, watch this. It's not like God hadn't been there for him before. It's not like God hadn't answered him before. It's not like God had broke any of his promises up to that point. Every single thing that God had said for him to do, and he took him out of a comfort zone. He was in a very comfortable place, but he said, I want you to leave this place, and you're going to go on a journey. And I'm not even talking about chapter 22. I'm talking about previously. He tells them, you're going to leave. You're leaving. The place you're from, you're going to be a foreigner. He becomes a foreigner, right? All kinds of stuff has happened up until now. But one thing that I know has not, has not wavered is that God has kept and fulfilled every single thing he has said up to this point. Everything. Go ahead, man. That's God's word if you want to clap for it. I'm not saying anything cool or cute. It's just God's word, right? And so, all right. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself <laughs> carried the fire and the knife. Here, you carry the, the <laughs> he put it on Isaac's back. Isaac didn't even know what the heck was going on. That's so cold-hearted. That's like, that's, I don't know. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide. Because up to that point, God had always provided. Up to that point, God hadn't broken his promise. Right? God's going to provide, son. It's almost like Abraham knew, like, there's no way you're going to make me do this. <laughs> there's no way you're going to, you're really going to make, I'm, he, I wonder if he was having this conversation with God in his heart, back and forth, you really going to make me do this? Yeah, and make him carry the wood, too. <laughs> <laughs> And give him the matches. Put them in his pocket. <laughs> Make sure they're not damp. They got to be good matches. Tried, tried lighting a candle the other day with like some more matches. Went through the whole little book of matches. and wouldn't, Couldn't light one match. He said, make sure the matches are good. Make sure you got plenty of, you know, whatever they used back then. I love using gasoline. I had an ATC growing up talking about, you know, dads that make your sons do stuff. That's like, I had an ATC, right? And every time I wanted gas for it, my dad would be like, there's the hose. You know how to get it into the gas tank. <laughs> but dad, we have, go, let's go get some of the gas station. No, 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 it's right there. Sacale con la manguera. Siphon it. That's, you know, back then it was easy to siphon gas out of the trucks. He had a 72 Chevy. It was cool. It was red and white. I remember the first time I tried, he used to make it look so easy. First time I did it, I was like, ha, you know, just gas all, like, just psh, all in there. It was just burning. Yeah, and make him carry the wood, too. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place, 
God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac. <sighs> what are you doing, Dad? He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar. Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't even talk, man. You're going to make me like cry right now. What do you tell your son? You're, you're tying him up and putting him on the altar. What do you tell him? Bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. Man, he was all in. He was all in. I would have walked away and had a big conversation with God around the, the corner of the bush or something and been like, oh, you better like tell me what's going on right now. Cause... But he didn't. He straight up got the knife ready. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, you're hardcore, bro. Calm down. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to the Lord, right? It was the angel of the Lord. God himself was speaking to him, and all of a sudden, now it's the angel of the Lord. That's not a coincidence. Whenever we see the angel of the Lord, it's actually referencing to Christ. The Lord himself showed up. He says, hey, stop. Stop. I wonder if he wanted to tell him, I'm going to take care of all this one day myself. I'll be the one in his place and in everyone else's place. You and I should be bound and put on that altar. We should be carrying our own wood, right? We should be carrying our own wood on our back. But that's exactly what Jesus says to us. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, right? Strap the wood to your back. And let's go. Here I am, he replied. Don't lay a hand on your boy. You're crazy. I don't even know why you would even attempt to do it. Don't lay a hand on him. Don't lay a hand on your boy, he said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Listen to the conversation there. Did you hear that? So the angel of the Lord's talking to him. Oh, did you hear that? Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me. Isn't that cool? So you ever want to show somebody where the Old Testament has Jesus showing up? It's right here. I'm not kidding. It's right here. It's literally right here. Do you want to read it again? And we're going to stop right there. Let's read it one more time. Don't lay a hand on the boy. You crazy fool. In Pastor Joe in parentheses. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. Because you have not withheld from me. <laughs> That's so cool. Jesus himself is having a conversation with Abraham. You have not withheld from me your son, your only son. That's awesome. Abraham looked up 
And there in the thicket, he saw the sacrifice. He saw the substitute. He saw the one that would take the place of his son. So today, we can all be thankful that there was one who took our place on the cross. Right? We can all breathe and exhale and, and relief because it's so true. You and I should be the ones. But he took our place. The same way that that ram was supplied to take the place of his son, God said, I'm going to, my only son will take your place once and for all. Thank you, Lord. Let's jump to verse 15, and it says, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and on the sand, on the, uh, and on the sand, and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. We'll stop there. What a powerful, powerful um, reminder of what God calls us to do in taking a step of faith, right? So, Scripture tells us that God calls Abraham a righteous man, not because he actually was going to go through with it, <laughs> right? Did you, have you realized, have we, have we noticed or understood this? God does not call Abraham righteous because he was taking every step. In other words, he was doing the works. You follow me? He doesn't call him righteous because he took the steps. He calls him righteous. Why? Because, everybody say it together, because he had faith, Right? But one way that we demonstrate our faith is by obeying God and what he calls us to do. Amen. Amen. So